Hey guys! Welcome back to Sisters Dating Jesus Podcast. I'm Tatiana. And I'm Tamara. And today we are going to be talking about emotions. Emotions. Oh my goodness, Tatiana. No. Okay. This is not the podcast. (laughs) We are talking about emotions. We are emotional human beings, whether we believe it or not. And I have to tell myself, Tamara, stop acting like you don't have emotions. Our emotions inspire us to do the things we do. It does not mean we are weak just because we have emotions. Our emotions is our indicator of where we are spiritually. It exposes our spiritual maturity in Christ and our view on who we think he is. When we lose our sight of God and we make our problems bigger than God, our emotions will affect the way we live. Let's dive into this episode and learn who is leading you, your emotions or God. Our emotions can cause us to speak death. You know, we have to be very careful when we feel hurt, frustrated, discouraged, or even angry. Our emotions can cause us to say things that we do not mean, and it can even cause us to speak or give birth into a season that was not intended for us. For me, I I learned very quickly on my walk with God that when I'm feeling some type of way, I tend to speak death naturally, and then I end up getting upset with myself when I realize I spoke myself into the season. You know why, though? I realize when you speak death into something, you start to believe it. And Mm -hmm. then now your action speaks louder than words. Mm -hmm. You know, like, especially if you, I don't know, you have a crush on somebody. Yeah. Okay. And you're like, ooh, wait, God took two days on him. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then now (laughs) you compare, like, what you look like and you think he's not going to find you attractive. You think he's out of your league. So now you're telling yourself, man, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm too tall. I'm not skinny. I don't go to gym. Yada, yada, yada. And now you're telling yourself, basically... God made you ugly. You're not cute. And you start so to believe into it. You're walking into it. Yeah. And then when you talk to your crush and now you're giving off this energy of insecurity and what is wrong, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. then when they don't talk to you or whatever the case is, you're thinking to yourself, of course, because I'm ugly. I'm not his type. And da, da, da. in reality, you were stink. You had a stink attitude. Exactly. Your no, energy for real. was off. Exactly. You spoke and death. I had to learn that it's okay to feel the way I feel. You know, it's part of life. However, I need to go to God first before I open my mouth. I believe that our mouths are a weapon. Mm-hmm. It can encourage, it can strengthen, it can propel, it can lift, it can it can comfort, it can heal, and it can even break chains off of us. But when I thought about this point, I started to think about Hannah. Hannah was Samuel's mother. You know, she was taunted by her sister wife because God did not allow her to conceive a child, but her sister wife was able to conceive a child with her husband. And she was taunted for years. And then she finally went to God with her emotions and issues. Yes, she was upset. Yes, she cried. Yes, her head was low. And she went through like a difficult time being ridiculed and laughed at. But the key that I thought that was beautiful was that she did not allow her circumstance to cause her to speak death or even to speak ill towards herself. She didn't even speak ill towards a woman who was taunting her. And I thought that that Hannah displayed how to handle emotions beautifully. Because even after she prayed, her spirits was lifted up and she was able to eat again and was no longer sad. So prior, before she gave her full emotions to God about being barren, she did not eat. She was sad. Her head was low. But as soon as she released her emotions in God's hands, she ate and she was not sad. And I, and I felt like that story... It's very relatable. And and seeing Hannah being able to do that, 
that means I can do it. And all of this context is from 1 Samuel 1. So definitely go back and read that chapter. I want to be biblically right, and I want to make sure everything I'm saying is in the Word. So definitely go back to 1 Samuel 1 to see about you know Hannah and, and Samuel's mother. My goal is when I'm feeling some type of way, I need to continue to not talk. Because majority of the time when we are feeling some type of way, the most the first thing that comes out of our mouths is what our flesh wants to say, mm-hmm. not what our spirit wants to say. So for me, I'm being more intentional to go to God with my emotions first. And then after I, I talk with him and spend time with him, then I'm able to console with my friends and family. You know, because our mouth is a small piece in our bodies, but it is powerful. And it affects our whole lives in spirit, in physical, in emotional Everything that you think about a human, our mouths affect. And for me, Ephesians 4, 29 in the TPT version, it states it beautifully. And it says, and never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. There's a scripture that comes to mind, Proverbs 12, verse 18 in the TPT version. And it says, reckless words are like the thrust of a sword, cutting remarks meant to stab and to hurt, but the words of the wise soothe and heals. It just made me realize like, Tamara, we need to do better with when we're feeling some type of way, what we are saying, you know, because out of your heart, everything flows. So I want to flow healing words. I want to flow comforting words. I want to flow uplifting words because I've I've definitely have spoken words of death over myself and I've seen how that played out. And it's like, girl, I get it. The mouth is really small, but girl, it's very powerful. And be careful how you speak because then you're going to catch an attitude and get angry with God and frustrated with God whenever you're you're in a season. And God's like, you spoke yourself into this. I never had that for you. But listen, baby girl, I I intend to take you out. Also, we need to discern if the emotions we are feeling represents Jesus. Mm -hmm. I realize that sometimes I put myself in a race with you for no reason. (laughs) Like, seriously. And I have to be first since I am, quote unquote, the firstborn. I don't know why I picked up those burdens. And you are only a minute older than me. Like, just a minute. So, okay. Let's have a little moment of silence. To give you your girl bye. <laughs> um, I just took that responsibility for some reason. Since I'm older, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be, you know, the older sibling that's going to help my younger sibling. I don't know why, but that happened. And for me, it's like everything is a little competition with me, and you don't even know you're in the race. Like I be in my own mind, like, oh, Tamara did this, I gotta do 15. Girl, me too. <laughs> Tamara did 15 push-ups. Well, looks like I'm doing 20. We're very competitive. You know, yeah. and it's like this reminds me of the story of Cain and Abel in Genesis 4, mm. which if you guys want to read it, you guys can Definitely read it. Should. But all of this is coming from Genesis 4. And for me, what was their problem was jealousy. You know? That's what got in between them to the point of murder. So it started off with jealousy and then that sin leads to murder. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's wow. like Cain killed Abel due to jealousy because God accepted Abel's sacrifice and not his. So jealousy can start off real small and it can lead to something bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it was murder. And I realized that I need to get this under control and not let emotion or jealousy in this case, because you know I can get jealous sometimes because mm-hmm. I'd be thinking, oh, I'm firstborn. This needs to happen to me first. Yeah, you know? definitely. If I let that controlled me, then I'm going to be slave to it. Wow, that was an interesting perspective. Like we have to be careful with 
what manifests with our emotions. Because like what your example with the Cain and Abel, like his emotion turned up to jealousy. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how many times did our emotions turn up to different facets? And it caused us to manifest things that were sinful. The question that I'd be asking myself sometimes is like, how did I get here? Like I've tried to put my boundaries up and do this. How did I get here? Girl, that jealousy, you thought that was nothing from the beginning? That's how you got he here. You let it slide by, yep. It mm-hmm. starts off, I'm happy for them, but uh, what about me? And the verse for me that really changed my perspective on, you know, for me right now is just jealousy, but you guys could insert whatever, whatever emotion, yeah. emotion is Romans 6, verse 12 through 16 in the NLT. It says that, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have a new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Say that part again. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? Wow. If the Bible talks a lot about fleeing from temptations or sin, 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 it's like God is saying that for a reason. And nobody's just going to get up and go kill somebody. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's something in the inside that led them to propel that. And that's how I realized how sin works. Yeah. Literally. We have to keep our our emotions in check. And we got to make sure, like, not to say you are not going to have emotions and not to say you're not going to struggle with certain things because we're human. We're in our earthly bodies. So you're going to struggle. But it's like we have to learn to not allow it to become our master because whatever is our master, we become a slave to. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Because think about it. If we're not worshiping God, we're worshiping something else. Mm-hmm. We're always constantly idolizing something. You know, if we're not putting God first, if you don't have God first in your life, you're idolizing and you're worshiping something else. That's just how we are. Yes. That's crazy. If we don't keep it in check, we become faithless and we lack confidence in God. We lack faith or lose sight in who our confidence is in, and our emotions can end up leading us to take control over our own lives, which will cause us to become a God little g in our lives. And it's hilarious because then I can speak for myself in this one. It's like, then I wonder why it starts to get heavy. I wonder why I feel stuck. I wonder why like I feel like I can't breathe in whatever season I'm going through. And I wonder why I can't seem to get through whatever it is. It's because I'm making my problems bigger than God. You know, God did not intend us to carry a heavy load. That's his job, not our job. The person who is in control, a.k.a. God, is the only one who knows where to go, how to get there, how much things we will need, and they are the only one who's prepared in any case of an emergency because he's in control. So why are we controlling our lives? It's because our emotions. And when we get in our feelings and we don't know what's happening, We start to lose faith in God. We start to lose our confidence in God. So then what do we do? Oh, well, God's taking so long. Let me help him. Who are we to help God? How can we help him? (laughs) You don't even know what's ahead. Do you know if it's going to rain today? Exactly. So it's just like, but 
I know for me, once I start getting in that mindset of, you know what, I'm, God, let me just help you. I'll assist you in this area. Then I start caring and adding more to my ship. I'm just looking, God. You gave me eyes to see. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then it's just like, I start to add more things. But the funny thing is, God has a roadmap to our journey. He's controlling our lives. And if we start to control our own lives, we start to pick up things that are unnecessary, heavy cargo that we do not need to fulfill our purpose. We can't see the future. So what do we do? We start picking up everything. We fit everything that we think is good in our own strength. That's what we do. But it affects our emotions and it's all rooted in our emotions. That's why we're doing it. Matthew eleven twenty eight in the MSG comes to mind whenever I think about heavy load. And it basically states, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Living with God is intended for us to live a life of light, not heavy cargo. We're not meant to live a heavy life. So no wonder our emotions are all over the place when we're adding more than we can handle to our plates. You know, God intended us to live a light life, not an easy life, but a light life. And we do that by going to him, spending time with him and allowing him to be the Lord over our lives. First Corinthians 10, 13 TBT helps me understand that I can trust God. We can trust God, that he will never give us things that we cannot handle. And it just proves to show you his sovereignty. And it states, we all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being, but God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust him more for along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. We need to just, you know, get our emotions in check. So we're not adding things in our ship and causing us to sink. And then now we're out here looking at God like, okay, God, I thought you said, you know, the righteous won't be forsaken. Why am I out here feeling like this? And you know what he's going to say? I didn't, I, I didn't tell you to add all this carry. Yeah, that was carry part all of the this plan. Load. This is not part of your plan. But since but we're here. I will help you. You're going to get through. Yeah. My way. My God. Also, our emotions can affect those around us, especially our loved ones. Mm-hmm. You know, we can be selfish sometimes and we don't know in the moment what will happen or who will get hurt. And we only think about ourselves in the moment. This reminds me of Judges 14. In Judges 14, um, you guys can read it all, but I'm just going to summarize it. In Judges 14, Samson, you know, he was having pride and he had this riddle and was asking the men of the town, if you can, you know, figure out this riddle, then I will give you X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. you know? And the town men wanted to figure out the riddle. So he asked, they asked the wife in this moment, if you don't do this or we're going to harm you and your family, yeah, yada, yeah. yada. Eventually... The woman came and asked Samson, and then Samson told her she went back and told. Yeah. And Samson was not happy. And then towards the later part of chapter 14 in Judges, um, when the spirit came upon him, he went to a town and he literally killed 30 men, took their belongings, and gave their clothing to the men who have solved this riddle. Because he specifically said, if you solve this, this is what I'm going to give you. give you, yeah. But I didn't think he was going to kill to get it. I just thought he had the possession already over yeah. him. But nope. He went and killed 30 men, took their belongings, and gave it to the person who solved the riddle. But Samson was furious about like the whole situation. So he went back home to live with his father and mother, not with his wife. 
You know, he left her to the streets. Yeah. Because of that, the wife was given in marriage to the man who had been Samson's best man at their wedding. Mm-hmm. For those of you guys who don't know, Samson was a strong man. <laughs> okay. But also for me, it's just like... Strong man. We we definitely have to make sure that our emotions are in check because like it doesn't just affect us. It affects those around us. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting because, you know, not only do our, our emotions affects other people and those around us, it affects how we shine the light of God to others. We're meant to shine the light and to proclaim the gospel to others by the way we live. But if we allow our emotions to get the best of us, we start to dim the light in our hearts and in our spirits. And it also can cause other people to dim their light too. Others are supposed to see Jesus in us. If we allow our emotions to affect our light, it not only affects us, but those around us, whether they believe or not. And it's funny because in high school, me and Tatana were part of the JROTC program. And it was always instilled in us that we are always on parade. And that specific phrase basically means that you may not see people, but people will always see you. And they see how you act. They see your character. They see how you go about your day. I always remind myself that, Tamara, just because you're not a quote unquote an influencer, you don't have a following, you're not someone who would deem to have a lot of fans, that doesn't mean people aren't watching you. So for those who are listening to this podcast specifically who don't have fans and don't feel like you're important or people are watching you, it does not matter if you have zero followings, if you do not have mm-hmm. a social media. Someone is watching you and they're You're being influenced by you. In your inner circle. If it's not in your inner circle, even strangers, someone's mm-hmm. always watching you. Mm-hmm. Especially if you claim that you are a Christian. Oh yeah, people are watching mm-hmm. you. Non-believers are watching you. And we have to be careful to not allow our emotions to cause them to go away from God. Or pull them away from God, whether they're believers or not. Because it's like... When you see someone who's living for God and you're living for God, it strives and it makes you want to live for God even more. Before I specifically chose God back, you know, watching people live their lives for God and I knew they were living their lives behind closed doors, it made me want to see what God they serve. So imagine people who are not believers watching you live your life, watching how you handle certain situations and not knowing how you're still here, not knowing how you still have joy when everything was taken away from you. They're going to want to know God. And I feel like the best Bible some people will get is how you live your life. Exactly. They may not see or hear scripture, right? but they'll see the Bible in Jesus through you by the way you live, by the way you handle certain situations. Mm-hmm. And we just we have to be careful for me that the verse that comes to mind is first peter 2 12 in the tpt version and it states live honorable lives as you mix with unbelievers even though they accuse you of being evildoers for they will see your beautiful works and have a reason to glorify god in the day he visits us it just puts in perspective on tamara you need to remind yourself you're always on parade you know, and I have to remind myself that girl, you're always on parade. Someone's always watching you because when I allow my emotions to take a grip on me or a hold on me, I start to see my problems bigger than God. So if I see my problems bigger than God, what do you think an unbeliever is going to see? Oh, well, Tamara claims she's a Christian, but her problems are bigger than God. So that means God is not big. So yeah. then now I'm, I'm showing a false representation of who God is. And that's dangerous. Like I never ever, 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 ever want to come across someone who's desperate to hear the gospel. And I was a person to help them hear it. But instead of speaking about Jesus and showing them who God is in my life with the circumstances I'm going through, I'm talking about Jesus as if he's smaller than my problems. That's dangerous because now they're going to see God in a way that isn't true. And now they're going to be like, oh, I don't want to serve that God. 
Because if he can't even get her out of this and look how she's acting and she's supposed to have peace, what are he going to do for me? Nothing. So it's just like, people are always watching. Mm-hmm. Don't be the reason why someone didn't choose God or why they turned away from him. Be the reason why they want to choose him. You know, I want to be ready at all times because God is worth talking about, not my problems. And for me, the example that always come to mind when it comes to keeping my light burning is candles. I love candles. Like I love burning candles. Whenever I run out of a lighter, I usually use a burning candle to burn another candle that's not lit. So if our candles are not burning, how can we help burn other people's candles? That's wild to me. So we have to be careful with our emotions. You know, we're meant to have emotions. Jesus had emotions. He definitely cried. He was angry. He was frustrated. He was disappointed. He had sorrow. He had agony. But the thing about Jesus is he is our standard. So if he's able to have emotions, just like how we have emotions, we need to look at Jesus and we need to see how he was able to navigate his emotions and how he did that was with God, with the Holy Spirit. So that means we're able to do it too. And you know, it's so funny and seeing Jesus go through all of that, that makes us think, dang, if Jesus can do that and God is supposed to be his father, that's his only son. And and he's still stuck by God and did all that. I can do it too. God can do it for me too. We all always quote, oh my gosh, well, if Jesus was crying out. Father, why have you forsaken me? Right. Why have you forsaken me? And God left Yes. Jesus in the moment because he could not watch that. Yeah. He didn't really leave at that moment because that was God's will for Jesus, Mm -hmm. for him to go through all of that for our transgressions. Yeah. You know, that's Jesus who we're supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. What makes you think God is going to leave us too? Mm -hmm. God didn't leave Jesus. He's not going to leave us. us. If Jesus didn't judge, I shouldn't judge. Mm -hmm. That's a perfect example because we're constantly reminding ourselves, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Yeah. You know, and we're looking at his life. Yeah. So if we're looking at his life, somebody's looking at our Our lives. lives. Definitely. I just feel like it's very important that, you know, we look at Jesus, especially when we're reading the, the gospels, to see how he was able to handle his emotions. But also God did not forsake Jesus Uh for being angry. Uh So if you're feeling angry, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling sad, sorrow, if you're in pain, you know, don't think God is forsaking you. Don't think God is angry with you because our standard is Jesus. And if he went through that, we're going to go through it too. We're going to feel it too. It's just look at how Jesus handled it. He didn't act out on his emotions. He wasn't jealous. He wasn't like revenge. He went to God. He prayed to God with it. He went away from his disciples to get his emotions and, and feelings in check and did not allow his his emotions to cause him to do things bad. And that's and and if that's the same spirit who rose him up and that's the same spirit who's living inside of us, that means we can do it too. God did not intend us to hide our emotions. However, he wants us to not be led by them. Our emotions can help influence us to do God's work. However, we must first learn how to submit our emotions to God. And once we submit our emotions to God, we will no longer be operating by our emotional feeling, but by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So I pray that each and every one of you guys will learn, especially myself, where our emotions is coming from and how we can use them for God's work and God's glory, but most importantly, how we can look like Jesus with our emotions. Thank you for listening to our show. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to rate us and subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram where we will be able to communicate with you all. And don't forget to share our podcast to any sisters in your community where you feel can be blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for your love and support. We appreciate you all.
We love you guys. Let's grow together one discussion at a time. Until next time. <laughs>